Thank you for listening to this episode of the podcast. We're going to begin with some live recordings from the conference floor and then return with Alex Wozniak for an interview about how the conference went. So just introduce yourself, who you are, where you work, and how you're involved with the MSLA, if you want to say anything about that, and then just what are you enjoying about the conference? Okay. My name is Wendy MacArthur. I'm at Hopkinton Middle School, and this is my first year as a librarian, uh, but I've kind of been involved for a couple of years, and I'm really enjoying seeing people's faces that aren't tiny and minuscule. I've met so many great people, and I think that's the part I enjoy the most. Oh, good. Excellent. Yay! And how you're connected to the MSLA or not, as the case may be. So my name is Lauren Jimbetti, and I'm actually an English teacher at Ashland High School, and I'm currently studying at Salem State to become a librarian. Awesome. So I'm looking to make that transition. Yeah, we're so excited to have you in the profession. Thank you Welcome. So much. Thank you. What have you enjoyed about the MSLA? This is your first time here, right? This is my first time at the conference. Um, the speaker this morning was really great, um, Dr. Garner. I really appreciated um, his reminder of you know why we're getting into this profession and what we are hoping to accomplish. And it's not simply to you know read books and <laughs> shelve them, but to have really connection with the students and. Um, that we really are the gateway to the rest of the world for them. Yeah, so awesome. He was and such did a great you say speaker. being with your colleague and mentor? Oh, no, yeah. <laughs> yeah, as well. Very important. <laughs> it's Mike Caligieri. I work for the Neshoba Regional School District, uh, Florence Sawyer Schools, K-8. Yeah, how many, con- like, which conference is this for you? Do you know? I don't know. It's got to be, like, seven or eight. Seven or eight, yeah, yeah. I've been de- I've been in the library now twelve, maybe even more, because I've been in the library right. 12 years. It just blurs together. <laughs> in, um, in Bolton? Yeah. And your library is K through eight, right? Yes. Okay. And I remember we had the Cape. The one time we had Worcester. Yeah. And it was great for me because I could almost walk there. Yeah, right, so right. So I didn't have to pay for a hotel. Yeah, but yeah. It was too much of that uh, reverb from the... <laughs> yeah, for the dance yeah, competition yeah, the, going yeah. on. I think that was my first bad, one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Say you like Liz's session yesterday. Liz. Um, uh, Liz, uh, Liz Halley, who did oh, yeah, the graphic yeah. novels. Oh, without a doubt. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Any session that has some kind of interactive thing where you're not just listening to the person. Although Deeth had a great one and it was just presenting data. Raw numbers, fant- it was yeah. It fantastic. Those quotes were yeah. really helpful for me to right. conceptualize. Yeah, yeah, yeah. good. Um, yeah, so it's a nice mix of everything. This guy t- this morning was great. He was good. Yeah. yeah. I love good his scenario. Crowd work. Yeah, good yeah, crowd yes. work. Yeah, and yeah. Li- as Liz said, he was entertaining, you know? He yeah, had like yeah. a nice, loose... Uh, humor quality to it. You know? There's something about people who don't use capital letters in presentations, too, <laughs> that just lessens the, the seriousness, yeah. even though the topic of censorship was, was really big. So. Yeah. so I'm here with Renee. Renee, can you just let us know about uh, your conference experience and also uh, where you're teaching and um, what grade level? Yeah, so I'm Renee Nichols, and I teach in the Arlington Public Schools. I'm a K-5 teacher. This is my first year, and I am stretched across three different schools. So um, I'm grateful to be here. I'm happy to be connecting with other library teachers from all over. I'm really getting a lot of great tips. It's my first in-conference, first person, first in-person conference. Yeah, yeah. Um, I do find it a little overwhelming, though. I feel like some of the the presenters are really geared towards people who've kind of been in the know Mm. and doing this work for a while and I almost wish there was something that was a little bit more geared to like you're swimming in your first year and maybe it feels a little chaotic and like something to really ground me a little bit more but I do feel like I'm getting a lot of good seeds to you know think about 
as I as I become more experienced, as as I have more opportunities to have a little bit more time with students more regularly. Yeah, uh, the analogy we always use is drinking water out of a fire hose. Sometimes yeah. it can feel like that, and you you got to kind of take it in and process it for sure. Um, but. Thank you very much. We're, we're really glad that you're here, and we, we congratulations on the new position and everything, and good luck with the rest of your year. Thank you. My name is Mary Millette. I'm at Hudson High School. And uh, this is your first day at the conference? Or this is my second, second day? day at the conference. It's been fabulous. I think the best thing has been seeing people in person, yes, especially, like, you and I have only met over Zoom. I know. <laughs> We spent so, like, so like, many weeks together. I know. <laughs> so like seeing people that you actually built these really strong relationships with in the pandemic but never actually met in person. It's been awesome. Oh yay, I'm so glad. Have you had a favorite session or a favorite thing you've learned or that you're really um, excited about? One of my professional goals is around uh, collection policies and that kind of thing. So the... Um, Martin Garner. Martin Garner. Um, his uh, keynote this morning was great, and then also attending his follow-up session gave me a lot of not just thinking about where I need to go, but it was I felt very action like where I am in like my thinking around it, pretty actionable about what I need to do. So That's awesome. it was really Yay. good. Well, yeah. thank you, Mary. And he was a fabulous it. speaker. Oh, He's, he was so great this morning. Yeah. I loved that. Yeah. Um, yeah. And especially the activity that he did with. Um, oh yeah walking right he has said like this is a really great way to have people in your district be thinking about it and eat and make sure your um, team is like on the same page so having like at the start of a department meeting using having using one of those prompts that everybody can discuss it and like raise those questions about your own I love how that it idea. folds out in your own School. That's so cool. I had, I had not thought about taking that back. So yeah. Thank you. That's something I didn't go to that session, so now I learned something from that Yay. session. So thank you. <laughs> Hi, I'm Karen Kugel. I teach at the Baldwin School, which is a K to five in the Cambridge Public Schools. I really enjoy just connecting with other. Like, even though I'm part of a big district, we don't get to see each other all the time, yeah. and so just talking to people about what they're doing is great and helpful. Yeah. Have you had a favorite session or a favorite thing you've learned or attended uh, so far? Well, the session I just went to that Kendall and Riley and Dana did about zines was just very hands-on and felt like something practical we could try and it was fun. Okay, Linda Moylan, Reading Memorial High School. Um, I have enjoyed seeing everybody in person this year and just getting to connect with people I haven't seen since 2019. Um, the sessions have all been really great. The ones that stand out, I went to each one for the keynote speakers. They both were really interesting to kind of get a little bit deeper. Um, and then I went to Bonnie McBride's um, Ditching Dewey for the nonfiction section, which I have some takeaways from there I want to start doing. I mean, they've all been so good. Yeah. It's been really good being back in person. I think it's been a great conference. So uh, my name is Jen Potter, and I teach at Broadmeadow Elementary in Needham. Welcome, Jen. Um, what have you been enjoying so far about the conference? Uh, actually, I've really found a lot of the sessions to be really useful this year. Sometimes, yeah, I love some of them and don't love all of them, but um, I really liked the PBS um, U.S. History les uh, class, which was awesome. And I loved um, the keynote speaker yesterday. I went, you know, the keynote, and then I went to his session afterwards, and I just felt like I was so inspired and really felt like I was going to be able to do something, you know, like go home and do something. Yeah, it's so, so nice to have a practical takeaway where you're not just like, oh, I learned some cool stuff, but you're like, no, no, I can actually take this and, like, implement it right away or I, work on some stuff. I also yeah. really appreciated in the 
session, the second session, um, how he kept tabs on people, like just his classroom management style or people management in our club, but you know, like managing the crowd was like really impressive. And I kind of, cause that happens a lot with classes when they get off on topics is, you know, yeah. sort of the parking lot, but one twos and sub one twos. And like he did a really good job. I was impressed with that too. Yeah. That was really good. I was in that same <laughs> session and I was like, this is, a, this is a good management style. I'm going to keep yeah. this in mind. Yeah. My name is Jen Murray and I'm the librarian at the Newman elementary school also in Needham. Um, and I really agree with Jen on everything. Like I thought his management style was great. He wasn't really in inspiring um, and I just went to um, I did go to the history PBS history one um, and then I also just saw some of the database updates oh, yeah. and that was really helpful yeah Tressa is amazing people who are listening to this podcast Tressa's the she's the she rules she's we love her so she does yeah. <laughs> she, got, she got two um, you know almost standing ovations oh, good, good. Like, yeah, yeah. she deserves them all yeah. <laughs> she's great Awesome. Well, thank you both so much. Thank you. Yeah. I'm Jess. I am an elementary librarian in the Gil Montague School District, and um, I have loved the conference, especially uh, both keynote speakers. They've been so good, haven't yeah. they? I right. really love both keynotes. And I'm also a Western Mass person, so like, shout out, Gil yeah. Montague. Any other things that you've, any sessions you've attended that you've really loved? Um, I really liked um, Lawrence's session yesterday. Yeah. Um, just to like get a little more in depth into his talk. Yeah. Hi, my name is Eva, and I work uh, for at uh, the Boston Public Schools, the Greenwood Elementary School. That's a dual language school, oh, awesome. English and Spanish. Very cool. And what have you enjoyed about the conference so far? Networking with uh, librarians. You know, getting to know uh, new librarians and connecting with them and sharing good ideas, best practices. That's awesome, especially as a new librarian. I yes. feel like this is my first year as a librarian. I came to the conference, and it was such an amazing experience just to be yes. like, what are you doing? Like, I need to know how to do stuff. Yes. So I'm so Very glad. helpful. Very helpful. Awesome. Yes. Have you enjoyed any particular sessions you want to shout out? I think each one provided something different, something to think about. And um, I enjoy um, both, actually, both this morning and uh, yesterday's um, opening, the speakers. Um, yeah, the keynotes. keynotes. Yeah. Yes. So I, I enjoy that a lot. Yeah, me too. I thought that we had really good keynotes this yes. year. Well, thank you so much. So I'm just... Are we recording now? We're recording now. Hi, this is Georgina Trevi. I'm from Minichog Regional High School. And what do I like about the conference? I am liking learning those little things that I never thought of. Like I just found out Britannica has a, you know, a my page on it that as a teacher, I can create and curate my own resources for students. Well, that's cool. So, yeah. Seriously, yeah. anytime you can do that, depending on the reading levels of the student that need to be directed to not do these wide open searches, yeah. it would be amazing yeah so, what a cool thing yeah awesome well thanks for being on the podcast you're so Regina. welcome jennifer mcdonald from uh, upper cape tech down in Bourne. awesome and over here i'm caroline dinan and i'm from blue hills regional technical school in canton massachusetts I'm most excited to meet with other technical school librarians because I've only been doing this for four years and with COVID having kept us so apart, I've really lost a lot of opportunity to establish those connections. There are so few of us, what are there, I don't know, 26, how many vocational schools are there in the state? There aren't 30 of them, but we're a very small yeah. number of educators and 
we are so insulated just as vocational educators and in a library where you have academics every other week or however your school does it. Um, I just feel like I need so much support. So that's my, that's what I get so much out of coming to these. Yesterday was wonderful. I, like I left my notes in my other notebook, but yeah. I was most excited about today's session. We'll be meeting um, the 10 o'clock session with other uh, vocational librarians. So it's, it's just very, um, you know, it's the, it's the dose of medicine I need to stay <laughs> yeah, yeah. in my position. Yeah, you get, get, through the, get through the rest of the school year, right? Right. And you had said you wanted to go to that session and the policy session, right? Uh, yes, I, yes, I wanted to go to the um, program about the, um, supporting the curriculum of technical schools mm -hmm. and also the um, program on policies because um, we did have a book challenge at my school this year and I just want to... Um, you know, be, make sure that our policies are everything that they, they need to be. All right, ready? I'm ready. Yeah. Are we ready? Are we hot? You're live right oh, now. Okay. Hi, I'm Reba Tierney from Waltham High School here with Sarah Sagigian, who is the executive director of the Mass Library System. You guys are incredible. So how are you liking the conference so far? What are the highlights for you? Give us some of your experiences. Okay, um, I'm sure other people have said this, but I think one of the nicest things is just being like back in person and seeing human beings. And I'm a hugger, so uh, yep, just seeing people is so nice. Not in little boxes, like actually. And then networking is huge. I've already, I feel like I've just learned so much. I'm a little saturated. <laughs> I feel like I'm about to hit a wall, so I'm glad it's lunchtime. And um, I just wanted to shout out uh, MLS, who is here at Mass Library System, and just their partnership and working with them is amazing. So I'm so glad they're here hanging out with us the whole time. Yeah. How, how is Sponsorship Row, Sarah? How's that Sponsorship going? Row is awesome. Yeah. We absolutely love um, hosting an exhibit uh, space for our uh, school members and even uh, even our school non-members. Everyone uh, here at the MSLA conference, which is like one of my favorites. Uh, so I'm very pleased to be here. We love meeting with you. If you haven't stopped by, come and get some swag. Um, Katie McGinnis. I teach at Shawshine Valley Technical High School in Billerica, Mass. Um, so far, it's just been great really connecting with people here. Um, this is my first time coming to the conference, so interacting with different librarians has been awesome. Um, I really appreciated the um, session with for the Volk librarians because we serve such like a niche group of yeah. kids. Um, it was so great to collaborate with all of them and like have the opportunity to just all be in the room at the same time. Yeah, I almost went, I don't teach at vocational high school, but I like almost went to that session just because I'm like, what is going on at Vogue High School Libraries? Like, I want to know. So what a cool thing for you guys to be able to get together. Yeah, it was great. We talked about like how our collections are so different and um, the different areas that we kind of have to improve our collections to meet our kids' needs. So it was really, really helpful. Awesome. Well, I'm so glad. Thank you so much for being on the podcast for two seconds. Of course. Thank you. <laughs> Hello and welcome back to the MSLA podcast. My name is Luke and with me co-hosting this episode is... Hi, I'm Ella Stocker and welcome to the MSLA podcast. We're excited to have Alex with us, who is our conference chair. Alex, introduce yourself. Hi, I'm Alex Wozniak and um, I was conference co-chair the past, I don't know, a couple of years or whatever, um, along with Laura Luker and see if I can answer questions that you have and talk a little bit about what we did and saw at the conference and what might be coming up in the future. And it was very exciting because this is the first in-person conference we had in four years. So 
you heard some voices of people um, that were out in Amherst and kind of talking about a lot of different things. People were excited to be there. <laughs> uh, people also expressed things like being really overwhelmed. People expressed individual things, you know, even off mic to me <laughs> about some of the some of the sessions and things like that. But it was really nice to interface with people. And uh, another big expression was that I'm seeing you outside of a box because everybody's head has been framed in a box for so long. Um, so it was nice to meet people. <laughs> yeah, I got a lot of like, oh, you have legs. <laughs> yeah, that's what I kept thinking too. It's like, oh my gosh, we all have legs. You have pants. You know? <laughs> You're a whole person, yeah. <laughs> At the conference committee, just finished your, uh, you, you sort of go through kind of a, um, you know, a, a toxicology report of the, the whole thing and, and you do the, uh, do the postmortem. What was uh, what were the big takeaways from it um, that the surveys gave you? Um, so first of all, I want to say we were so pleased at how many people not only took the survey but took the whole survey, which was long, and um, really took some time and effort with it. And it was also super important to us that we have people do the survey who had not attended the conference, so we could find out <clears throat> some more from them about. Um, why they perhaps didn't come and that really is helping inform some of our decisions for next year. So I guess um, out of the people who took the survey, which I think there were like 80, there were 80 some odd people who um, took it, who came, which is a great percentage because we had about 220 to 40 people, something like that, um, each of the two days. So some people were there two days, some people only came one day. Um, but um, overall, people like overwhelmingly said that the conference met or exceeded their expectations, like, you know, over 90% or something like that. Um, the, um, the keynote speakers, Dr. Garner had a fantastic rating and some just great comments. And people were also just really pleased with his um, session afterwards as well. Um, and Lawrence Alexander also got some extremely positive um, thumbs up kind of ratings and stuff too. So the keynotes seemed to go over really well. So we were pleased about that because that was um, that's always kind of stressful <laughs> getting those set up and scheduled and everything. And we're trying to work on that a little bit earlier this year so we can get things slotted in a little earlier. Um, so I think overall people, we're really got a lot, we got a lot of the same feedback that you're mentioning. They were really pleased to be in person and to actually have in-person conversations and to be in the same room with people and learn from each other. I think some of the things we, it's really hard in a physical setting to guess right on things like room sizes, because we didn't have to do that the last few years, you know? Right. I mean, you could have pretty much as many people as you wanted or, you know, a limit that was so much higher than what we needed for, um, for the Zoom so conferences. So, um, you know, so unfortunately, sometimes there were some kind of crowded rooms. Um, so we have to figure out how we can improve that a little bit next time. Um, I think that the, we, the reason some people that we chose the location and they're just so people kind of kind of understand this, because it is Amherst is a little further away from where a lot of our members live. There were a couple things that went into it. One is that it's just it's a nice venue and it's very convenient because the hotel's right there and stuff like that. But a big part too, honestly, was that it was less expensive than some of the other ones we looked at. And because we have not had an in-person conference in several years, we couldn't really afford the upfront costs of um, some of the more expensive types of places. 
So that was part of what informed the decision to do it in Amherst. And it's and it's a beautiful setting. And the people who came to the conference either loved the location or were okay with it by definition, because if they weren't okay with it, unfortunately, they didn't make it. But the feedback we did get from some of the people who didn't come was that location was a big priority for them in deciding to attend next year. So we are looking at some locations that are closer into population centers of where our members are for next year, for sure. And then another thing is we, we've continued to do it on Sunday, Monday. And again, we get, sometimes we get questions and people, some people love that schedule. Some people um, not a little bit, not so much. And I think that, um, you know, Sunday, the problem is some people are like, that's my family time. But for other people, that's the only day they can come that they can't easily go on a day that's not a school day, that, on a, that is a school day. And then by the same token, other people would really rather just go on days that are weekdays. And, and the same thing with getting some of our conference um, speakers. Some people, it's much more convenient on the weekend. Some people, it's much more convenient on weekdays. So I think we're going to continue with the Sunday, Monday schedule, even though there are some people who would prefer to have it all weekends or all weekdays, because it does kind of help straddle that. And, and for a lot of people, they're able to arrange around it. Seems unique within a school, especially the librarian profession. Like we talk a lot about the isolation you can feel being the only one in the building, maybe the only one in the district, that the networking elements were like overwhelmingly positive especially at lunch, like the free form lunch placards that were on the tables. First off, they felt very Barb Fecto. <laughs> they were. And I'll, and I'll just leave that <laughs> comment there for people who get it. But also, I think people liked the the, the nature of that conference room's uh, lunch. I remember one I went to, the food was kind of served outside and then you went into a room. This one had the buffet along the back and you could kind of plan your interactions going forward. And it was just, it, it was it was a nice room to kind of reconvene in after having the keynotes that morning. Yeah, I think that that was another um, thing in the survey that really got overwhelmingly positive feedback was that kind of table topic thing. I think um, people really kind of overwhelmingly did not miss having a big a speaker at lunchtime or there was some indication that some people might be interested or open to having, you know, some kind of a short address, maybe, a you know, like a 15 minute ish thing. But I think that we probably will continue to not have, you know, not do something with like a whole big, long hour long thing. And I think figure out ways to help people connect and the table topics was a great step toward doing that. So we'll, we'll definitely continue that next year and figure out if there's ways that we can maybe improve that. Maybe we can put the list of, um, some of the topics and tables out there for people a little bit earlier, or maybe do some kind of a map so people can find people more easily. Or, you know, I was thinking maybe people could have uh, whiteboards if some of the tables be, people could pick their own topics and we could have whiteboards so people could write their topic on there to organize themselves. So I think that um, that was a really big positive for us too. And it was such an easy thing to do. I found too in my interviews, which you heard earlier, but also in just talking to people, some of the new people, when you start discussing with them the kind of idea, like they might not know what networking looks like, you know, <laughs> and like, it's like, this is networking right now because like we might have open positions coming in Natick is like one of the conversations that I was having. And then I remember discussing with people along the uh, the vendor sort of row right near the administration, uh, the uh, the um, registration booth 
um, people just kind of having like armfuls of things and being like, this is very overwhelming. I would wonder if the committee had given any thought to some of the specific comments that were like about people who obviously seemed like it was their first time going to an event like this and saying, I didn't know I had to pre-register for Sunday or things like that. And maybe having a beginner starter pack. Um, somebody else mentioned like being able to access SCED or Wild Apricot and that whole process. Um, yeah. Yeah. I think that... Um... We definitely need to put a little bit more effort into figuring out how to kind of bring new folks into the fold a little better and make things easier, both from a logistical standpoint and from a kind of um, socializing, connecting with people standpoint. Um, I mean, I think honestly, one of the things was that we were so out of practice ourselves with doing this. It's been four years and um, pretty much every, almost everybody on the conference committee had only done a virtual conference. So um, first of all, just in terms of timing, it took us longer to kind of get things off the ground and get going with it because we just didn't have any clarity on when and how we were doing it in person until kind of into the fall, you know, like late summer, early fall. So ideally you're starting the planning on this process a little bit earlier than we did. So some of it was just, we just sort of ran out of some time um, doing some of that stuff. And second of all, it was just, we were out of practice ourselves. So um, I think that those are exactly some of the things we wanna um, be addressing. So our hope this for the next year is that before the end of this school year, we will have the venue and the dates um, ready to be picked out and publicized and nailed down, um, possibly even a keynote speaker nailed down. So I think that we'll be able to start a lot earlier with doing some of the big things. And that will mean that we'll have a little bit more time when we get into the fall to plan the finer points of things like how can we make some of the logistics go more smoothly for everybody, both new attendees and repeat attendees. Um, so, and I think some of those, <clears throat> some of those specific comments that you're making now or that you know people so thoughtfully put into the survey results um we're going to go back to those again and again when we're doing some of the planning yeah i was going to say sort of to that end um, i'm wondering if you could maybe give us a little bit of a breakdown for those of us who haven't seen all the survey results um who are listening about sort of who the attendees were and how many people who were new came versus longtime attendees or you know sort of who was at the conference um, in terms of just literal presence there, who was there? Okay, so um, out of people who came and, and, and responded to our um, survey, a third of them had either never been to an MSLA conference before, or they had never been to an in-person one. So there were, wow. you know, some people who had been to a um, only a virtual one because it had been four years. And we had about 45% of people had been to both an in-person and a virtual conference before, but a quarter of people had had never been to any MSLA conference at all. So we had quite a, a good number of newbies this year. So that was really exciting for us. But I think as you're pointing out, there, there are things that we could do in the future to <clears throat> make things a little bit smoother and a little bit easier for the first time attendees. So we had a pretty even split between how many they've gone to. Um, I think we had about a third of them said they'd gone to many and had kind of lost count of how many they'd been to. 26% um, said they'd been to three to five conferences, in, including this one. Um, and um, there were about 10% who said they had been to two, including the current one and like only one other before. 
Um, in terms of when they went, it was a very even split. We had a, about, we really had just about the same number of people who came on Sunday um, compared to people on Monday. So people either came both days or we had the same attendance at, at both of those. And I think we had about 70, about 80, 75, about 80 people at the dinner on Sunday, um, which we did not have a, we also did not have a speaker at um, partly for logistical and cost reasons this year, because we are kind of like kind of getting going with getting a little bit more money in the coffers to do things. So I think that we might in the future, that was something where the Sunday dinner, we did get some feedback that um, I think people were expecting to maybe have a little bit feel, have it feel a little more of an event. So I think we would want um, some kind of speaker and or some kind of activities um, during or in, in, you know, conjunction with the Sunday dinner, um, in the future. I mean, we did want people to, I, I think again, because we had not been together in person for such a long time, we did want to have people have that as an opportunity to spend more time connecting. And I think we've all been at those sorts of events where you're sitting at a table and there's people you really want to talk to and you can't because you feel like you have to be paying attention to this person. So right. I think that, uh, there there might be a, a good balance where we can have some kind of speaking that is a little bit less formal and not as lengthy as like a keynote type thing, but that gives some kind of focus to the event and, and gives people some additional value for their um, for their ticket. How about, and I'll just say that I was involved with the conference committee in the year that COVID closed it down. So I got back involved again for the first virtual con uh, conference. So first question that I asked about having, um, you know, sort of sea legs about your first conference or something like that. One of the ways to just get really interested in it is just to get involved on the committee. Mm -hmm. um, and, and and sort of volunteer in the planning process of the conference because you really learn a lot and it just makes you feel a little bit more comfortable going into a event space that can be um, intimidating. One of the groups uh, that really come through in the survey strongly for me, at least in the years that I've looked at survey data from the conferences, are, you know, our elementary school membership and also in the focus groups that we did for the strategic planning committee, there was discussions of vocational librarians and private school librarians and charter school librarians, you know, having more of a visibility in our, you know, from our leadership to the to, to, to the membership, right? Concerns about the elementary school librarians, did those come up again in the survey? And what sort of strategies can we think about to alleviate those? So I think one of the things we did have some comments about, um, for instance, some elementary librarians felt like they there weren't enough sessions of interest to them. And I would say the sessions um, have to be offered by our membership for the most part. So um, what we can do, I think, is number one, give people a little bit more um, time to consider um, so that they can um, put together some, some programs that they can present to their peers. Um, number two is I think we got a lot of great feedback about what people would like to see in the next conference. So we're going to package that and put that out to our membership because I think great. that will help prompt people if they can see like, oh, people want to see X, Y, Z. And I did something like that that was great. So maybe I should get up there and present. So I think that we need to find ways to help our elementary um librarians feel empowered to stand up there and present to their peers 
And I think it's, you know, the elementary librarians in particular are most likely to work in settings where they are by themselves, or maybe mm -hmm. they even juggle multiple buildings even more than the secondary librarians do. And, you know, they're just super busy and stressed out and there's not as many of them in some cases, I think. I don't know the exact breakdown of our membership in terms of elementary versus secondary, but I'm just guessing, you know, there's probably not quite as many of them. So we have to figure out ways to help kind of like elevate their voices as it were and make them feel the confidence in um, going out and standing up and, and presenting to their peers and tell them what it is that we're looking for. So I'm really hopeful that we'll get some more of them. And then I think, you know, we were talking about the stuff with the table topics. I think we need to take that type of thing and help people provide venues for people to kind of self-organize um, at the at the things to do more um, kind of job-alike things or other types of more casual ways for people to spot somebody in the hallway, you know, maybe some kind of tags on people's um, on people's um, badges so that they can recognize each other as, you know, having common interests or common um, working work situations and things like that to make it a little bit easier to meet other people who they would find it valuable and, and fun to connect with. If you're listening to this, there's probably something that you can offer as a session. It just needs to be kind of crafted into that. And I especially liked, um, I think it was Kendall Riley and Dana from Cambridge who did the zine workshop session. Yeah. It was really cool to, to see fun. like in front of you, the collaboration piece, because Dana is an English teacher, I believe. And then obviously I found the workshops that were interactive um, much more engaging personally. But uh, that is a way, it'd be interesting to see that cross um, levels, right? Like an elementary school librarian and a middle school librarian talking about the way, for example, um, like this is something my district is grappling with. How do the elementary schools hand off students up to the middle school so we can hand off to the high school later for this? You know, we have like a profile of a data graduate, for example. So I think there are a lot of opportunities for workshops that are um, a lot less maybe concrete lessons and things like that and are more about like just success stories that did work in your district. Um, and success stories can start with feeling like you're overwhelmed, but it's going to be an interesting story to tell. So even that collaboration can work as well. I was just going to ask sort of in thinking about, you know, people being encouraged to present at the conference and, you know, offer their expertise and whatever that might look like. I know there's been some discussion about how we can better support presenters. And I'm wondering what has come out of those discussions, if you can sort of give folks some ideas of some, some things we're sort of considering as a, both as a you know, I was going to say as an institution, but as a as a body, as the MSLA, but also for the conference specifically about how do we sort of encourage folks with presenting, but also how do we provide them with some tools for what makes a really successful presentation so people can feel really good about what they're doing going in? Because I think that right. can be a block for a lot of folks. Yeah, I think um, <clears throat> so. There's kind of two sides to that too. There's how can we support the people who are. Um, presenters or who would potentially be consider considering presenting, and also how can we make it a better experience for the um, attendees? I think as Luke pointed out, um, he really enjoyed that kind of more interactive thing. And, you know, we spend all this time in school being told like, you know, don't be the sage on the stage, you know, you want to be <laughs> and having all these other types of things. So to make learning more engaging. So I think that everybody likes those things where there's some kind of more engaging element and you're not just sitting in a room taking notes from somebody speaking, but sometimes people need some, the, the presenters themselves 
need some tools and support. So I think one of the things that I would um, like to do is, again, if we've got a little bit more lead time, we can potentially um, have the presenters work with somebody on the conference committee to be a sounding board to run their stuff through. Or we can also sometimes, uh, you were mentioning, Luke, having somebody who was at the elementary level and somebody at the middle school level. There might be people in different districts who don't even know each other who, have, who are both interested in talking about some similar stuff. So if we can match them up early enough in the process and say, hey, you guys are both interested in doing something at the conference that has to do, or we know that you have both done some wonderful things in your district about XYZ and put them together and have them work together um, in advance to come up with some things. And then that would provide another good networking thing for them personally as well. I think all these things usually come back to having a little bit more time. So I think by us being able to get some of the big picture preparations done early um, before the end of this school year, it'll leave us more time for refining the details for the next conference. I would love to do more also with reaching out to some of the other state organizations, and maybe we could think about whether we, there's ways that we can offer them, people in the surrounding states, the, you know, the member rate if they're members of their state organization, because mm -hmm. not all the states around us do in-person conferences. The Saturday night social and also just other sort of ideas I sort of see that people suggested for other kinds of conference connections that can happen maybe outside of the conference itself. Like I see some suggestions from the survey about like field trips or visits to museums or to other sort of um, cultural institutions near wherever we end up meeting next year. And I am sort of curious about that, like that aspect of sort of the social planning and, you know, how do people feel about that? It was, we had a, a pretty good turnout. I would say that Luke and I and Alex were all there yeah. on Saturday night. So we all sort of personally witnessed this, but had quite a lot of people show up and it, it was a really, for me anyway, it was a really fun night. Um, and I'm sort of curious if what, what feedback we got about that Saturday night social and how we can sort of think about incorporating that moving forward. Um, as we sort of think about planning for next year. Yeah, I think the people who went to the Saturday Night Social overwhelmingly had a good time. Um, there were like one or two people that said like, I'm glad I went. It wasn't like incredible, but I'm glad I went, but pretty much almost, it was a vast majority said, you know, they loved it. Um, there were a few people who were like, I didn't know about it. And I think some of the, this kind of gets back also to some of the feedback about like, I didn't know I needed to sign up for the Sunday dinner and I didn't, I wasn't sure about the deadlines for stuff. So I think that um, as we get um, Wild Apricot a little bit more integrated, I know that um, that's something that Emily Christofek, who manages our office, and Jen Varney, our current president, and Barb Fecto, who's our incoming president, I think they're going to be spending some more time trying to dig into how we can best get the most out of Wild Apricot. Because I think that as we understand better how to use it, we may be able to communicate with our members a little bit in a little bit more streamlined fashion and have the information packaged in ways that will make it easier for them to follow and retrieve the information. We're kind of getting that creaky bicycle going again. I mean, you know, mm -hmm. having essentially three years of very few in-person meetups um, means that we're having to start again from scratch with putting more of those types of things together. I mean, it was really only in the last few months that the um, regional committee started putting more things together. But I think on the other hand, what we found is that there's a lot of people who like the virtual and some people who didn't come to the conference didn't come because they liked the virtual one. They liked the convenience of it. They liked, you know, 
the aspect of not having to worry about picking up germs and getting sick, whether it's COVID or something else. And they like being able to, you know, maybe people have kids or other things at home that make it difficult for them to attend or to get in a car and drive two hours away or something like that. So finding the right balance of having virtual and in-person and possibly some hybrid stuff. We, we did consider doing some hybrid stuff with the conference this year, but we just decided we really needed to focus on one thing this year. But I think we would, you know, we might consider whether we want some aspect of the conference to, you know, some aspect of things to be um, hybrid going forward. But I think we do want to have more social events. And again, I think having some of our members help organize those is great. So finding ways to help get members feeling comfortable with stepping up and helping organize or just attend some of these things is what's going to really make them successful. Librarians from my district go in the virtual years and then um, not a lot of us go in person, you know. The location was a factor too, but I think the, the the hybrid offering sounds like an interesting area to um think about and develop. Yeah. And if we, you know, if we're doing the next conference someplace that's more accessible to people, I think there are pieces that, you know, people might not even be able to go to the whole conference because it's during the day and there's things going on, but maybe we do a Saturday night social and there are people who might be willing and able to come to something like that. So I think if we're within driving distance, you know, within half hour, 45 minutes of where a lot of people live, we'll be able to get more people to come to some of these events where they just come to that, that one piece of it, even if they can't come to the whole thing. And that's a win too. And here's another thing, actually, I didn't mention when we were talking earlier is in terms of both logistics for people and cost and networking, I would like to start working earlier on figuring out how we can uh, maybe match people up either for sharing rides or mm. sharing, um, maybe even sharing homes. You know, if mm -hmm. there are people who live within a, a sh fairly short drive of the venue that we select for next year, we know that in advance, we might reach out to some of our members who live, you know, who have guest rooms, you know, because if we did something that was close to me, I would, you know, I've got a guest room. I mean, I would be more than happy to host a couple, you know, one or two people. So I think one of the other barriers besides location that some people mentioned was cost. So that would be another way to um, do that. And then I'm also very cognizant of the fact that we, with hiring a lot of new young, and in some cases, younger librarians um, who might live in some of the more urban areas, they might not have cars. And so one right. of the venues that we're looking at is within a couple miles of a commuter rail station and the hotel provides shuttles. So we would like people to be able to get access to the venue without needing a car or figure out ways that we can help pair them up further ahead of time with ride shares. We did have a few successful matchups with that. And I think if we start marketing that and organizing it a little bit earlier, that could remove another barrier for some people. In addition to sparking interest in any programming you might be thinking of too, the Strategic Planning Committee heard a lot of feedback on creating sustainable positions on the executive board and looking for ways to incentivize those. One of the pieces of feedback that we got was a discounted conference registration for being a part of the myriad committees that were running or you know the, the conference committee itself. So another way to alleviate that might be just to, to get involved. I mean, it alleviates any nervousness you might have about going to the conference. It keeps you just abreast of the day-to-day -day stuff and the logistics that go into it. It. Um, I found like a real appreciation in the group that Alita had led basically to completion. And then it was shut down at the 
beginning of March and we were planning to have the conference at the end of March. So that was like a very interesting stop, but we switched very quickly to re-up it in the next the next year. And that was just a that was a great um great group to be a part of. In terms of the sustainability of it for the future, uh definitely something to consider, especially if you're new and might be nervous getting involved on the conference committee. It's a virtual committee that meets and looks at all these things. We had a little bit of feedback that there weren't as quite as many sessions as people had mm -hmm. hoped for. And that was partly due to the fact that going back in person for the first time and having a little bit shorter window where we were taking applications um, meant that, you know, people were still kind of like recovering from all the COVID stuff. And we're like, I can't even think about this. Um, so I think that some people self-selected out of, of um, presenting partly just for feeling overwhelmed. And we had a little bit less time and, and we could maybe next time be a little more specific about some things we were looking for. Um, but yeah, so we didn't, we actually did not turn anybody down this time. Um, and it's hard because like in one level, you want to be in the point, you want to be able to pick and choose what's going to be the best fit for your conference. But on the other hand, you know, people really have valuable things to say. You don't want to have to say no to them. So <laughs> it's hard getting that sweet spot of how many uh, applications you want for those things sometimes. Well, thanks, Alex. It's good to see you and nice yeah. job at the conference. That was excellent. So thanks for sharing some of the feedback that people gave. Yeah. yeah. If people want to join the committee, can they reach out to you? Yeah, absolutely. Reach out to me or Jen Barney or Arfecta. We can, you know, make sure to get them in the right spot. Thank you all so much for listening to this episode of the MSLA podcast. And thank you so much for Alex for being here to talk about our conference. And to those of you who were willing to talk to Luke and I, when we shoved a phone in your face and said, well, we want us interview <laughs> at the conference. We really appreciate your contributions as well. It was so wonderful to hear from so many of you in this episode um, and hopefully to give folks who are not able to attend a little glimpse of people's perspectives on the conference, both during the conference and then sort of the takeaways after from the survey. Reach out to us at the podcast to let us know if you have an idea for an episode or maybe a conference session. You can reach out to us at podcast at maschoollibraries.org. That's MA School Libraries with only one L in the middle. Good talking to you, Alex. Thanks for joining us. Hey, okay, great. Thanks again. See ya. See ya. Bye.